Matthew chapter 15, beginning verse 29. Moving on from there, Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee. He went up on a mountain and sat there, and large crowds came to him, including the lame, the blind, the crippled, those who were unable to speak, and many others. They put them at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowd was amazed when they saw those unable to speak talking, the cripple restored, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they gave glory to the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they've already stayed with me three days and have nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry, otherwise they might collapse on the way. And the disciples said to him, where can we get enough bread in this desolate place to feed such a crowd? How many have loaves? Jesus asked them. Seven, they said, and a few small fish. And after commanding the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, gave thanks, broke them, gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. They collected the leftover pieces seven large basketfuls. Now there were 4,000 men who had eaten besides women and children. And after dismissing the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magda. A familiar story for almost everyone this morning, I'm sure. But I wonder what qualities, what attributes of Jesus, as you hear this tale, the feeding of the 4,000 plus women plus children, what attributes and qualities of Jesus bubble up and rise to the surface for you? For many, I suspect, it will be his power. It is, after all, a miracle. Seven loaves, a few small fish, is not nearly enough to feed that many people. Moreover, we read that there are several baskets filled with the leftovers, it's certain that this is a story of Jesus miraculously multiplying the food in order to feed the great crowd. So when you read this story, when you hear it read, perhaps it's Jesus's immense power, his divine power on display, which really captures your imagination. Perhaps near the start of the story, you observed, you picked up on Jesus's magnetism how folks were drawn to him, how this big crowd came to be with him, to spend time with him, days upon days upon days, sat at his feet, experiencing his power, listening to his teaching. That there's something about Jesus which, throughout the Gospels, and for thousands of years since, has drawn people in. Perhaps it's his magnetism that you noticed. Well, this morning I want us to focus on another attribute that is on display and focus on it because we are considering the work of Food Bank especially. It's the ninth anniversary of the Food Bank in Amford. Um, but here we see Jesus being described as having compassion on the crowd. Jesus having performed many miracles of healing, having spent several days in the company of this huge number of people, he looks out and he declares, I have compassion on the crowd. They've stayed with me for so long and they have nothing to eat. They are hungry. Jesus here claims at least to have compassion for them. What do you understand by 
compassion. I looked it up actually, and in the Greek, it's a, it's a word that describes a strong feeling in one's stomach. Not just uh, a kindly disposition, but being changed and affected and driven to action. And that's exactly how we understand it in our modern sense as well. For someone to have compassion, they both care, they have concern in a particular situation, and they act. Jesus here sees the crowd. He, he recognises their situation, their, their problem, their issue, and he desires himself to do something about it. And that isn't just something that Jesus declares here. This is something that's on display throughout Jesus's life on the micro level as he meets people with various issues, a number of which are listed. Those who are blind, those who are lame, those who are crippled, those who are unable to speak, many others. Jesus constantly met with people, encountered people who had needs, and he was moved to do something about those needs. In fact, when he announced himself on the scene, his, his first sermon, part of his public ministry, he declared himself to be one who was proclaiming good news for the poor and also one who was coming to restore sight for the blind and, and, and freedom for those who were oppressed. Jesus, on the micro level then, whenever he encountered someone with a need, was desiring to do something about it. But you might look at Jesus on the macro level as well and conclude exactly the same thing. That the story of Jesus is the story of the eternal son, the eternal father, the eternal spirit, looking down on mankind and our state and our situation and desiring to do something about it. More than simply having that urge and that impulse actually acting on it. That Christ took on flesh, he walked and lived amongst us, experienced the, the breadth and the depth of human life and hardship, came and lived and died, though innocent, in our place, rose to life again, ascended to prepare a place for us as we were considering a few weeks ago. He saw, loved the world and acted for our healing, acted for our restoration, acted so that we would be made right again. Whichever angle you come at Jesus in individual actions or his entire life, through the things he does, through the things he says, through the things he commands others to do, he reveals himself, he reveals God to be a God of compassion, one who sees, one who cares, and one who acts. More than that, in this passage, though, we see that Jesus, being compassionate, invites his followers to join him in caring for the needs of those around them. Jesus isn't content just to perform a miracle and for folks to see and attribute it to him and to give praise and glory to God, although that happens at the start of the passage, but he invites his disciples he invites his closest followers to, to come and likewise to see the problem and the, the circumstances and the situations of those folks around him. To see it and to be involved in meeting their needs. To be involved in this miraculous feeding of the 4,000. He asks them what they've got. He invites for the, the things that God has already given them to be given back to Jesus. And he invites them as well to be the means that to carry this food 
this feast out to the people who are gathered. Jesus is compassionate and he desires for his people to be compassionate too. And not just in this one particular instance. We know, don't we, through the rest of the New Testament that compassion is a quality which Christians are supposed to have in abundance. Paul speaks about it in Colossians 1 when he's speaking about clothing ourselves with kindness and grace and patience and compassion. That is what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. That is what it looks like, says Paul, to be remade in Jesus's image. Peter says something very similar to in 1 Peter when he tells us to love one another, to walk humbly with one another and to show compassion, to see, to care and to act for the restoration, for the rebuilding of the brokenness that we encounter. And I wanted us to think about this, to come and to see and to recognise this quality in Jesus and how we as Jesus's followers are called to live similarly today as we contemplate the work of the food bank, because I think the food bank in Ammonford is an example of Christians recognizing the compassion that has been shown to them in Jesus, the love and the kindness and the grace that has been poured out on us in Jesus, recognizing that and wanting themselves to be a people who likewise go go and see and find the the problems, find the issues that face people and figure out a way to meet it. You know, the food bank has been operating for nine years and almost precisely it has doubled every single year of its existence. Doubled how many people it's been feeding, doubled the amount of food and energy and effort that has been going out. More recently, it's been expanding in the the sort of services that it offers. Cheryl in the video was explaining how it's not just giving people food in their moment of crisis anymore, but it's trying to, to find the root of the issue, the root of the problem that people are facing and pointing and helping to, to head in the right direction. The desire really amongst that group of Christians who have established nine years ago and maintained and worked at helping people in our community through the food bank. The desire now is to is to meet people and to encounter people before they're even in need of that food and help them to find the help and the advice and the resources that are available so that they never even get into that sort of crisis. It really is a wonderful example of Christians, those who have received being those who want to pass on, pay forward, the compassionate God, loving us, being gracious to us, showing kindness undeserved to us, going out and finding folks who need to be loved in practical ways and supplying that need. Now, I'm not going to pretend this morning that the food bank is the only way that folks can show compassion. You know probably that as a church there are lots of uh, ministries and organisations we encourage folks to support, things like Compassion, the charity sponsoring children. We've always had a special place for Tear Fund, for the work that they do, uh, for Open Doors, working amongst persecuted Christians. But we also want to be a church in which folks are present enough to see and to spot needs and to creatively come up with ways that they can, with with the help and the encouragement of their brothers and sisters in God's family here in Amford, go and meet those needs. 
again, since the um, pandemic started, we've had the privilege, haven't we, in Amford to help establish Renew, that shop where folks who no longer need things donate them and anyone who is in need or in want can come along and can take it freely. That's another wonderful example of Christians stepping into the gap, stepping into the space, looking to see what it is that God has already given us. Time, space, energy, affection, financial resources, material resources. Christians seeing what God has given us, spotting the needs around them and stepping into the breach to be those people that God uses, that Jesus uses to see and to care and to act for the good of his creation. So this morning, I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us in a few ways. I want to encourage us by saying firstly this, if you know Jesus, if you are known by Jesus, then the greatest act of compassion in your life will always be you on the receiving end. He is the one with unlimited resources. He is the one with the most compassionate and loving heart. He is the one who sees most clearly exactly what it is that we need, desires to, and meets all of our needs. I want to encourage you this morning that if you've encountered the story of God's kindness to humanity in Jesus, if you know what he has done, to celebrate that to celebrate and to give thanks that as well as being magnetic, as well as being powerful, as well as being perfect and all these other things that we can say and think and name about Jesus, that he is compassionate. That is someone who cares and has acted for your good. Let's praise God together for that this morning. Let's give thanks to God for that this morning. Let's give thanks to God as well for people who have been moved by that compassion to likewise show compassion. I want us especially this morning to say thank you to the tens, to the hundreds of people who have committed so much of themselves to make Ammonford Food Bank not just a reality nine years ago, but to grow it and to keep it growing, to, to keep meeting the needs of the folks of our community, to give thanks for those people who give their time and their energy and their money and their food donations so that those in crisis are loved and loved well. We should be able to give thanks this morning in so many directions, shouldn't we? But more than that, I want to encourage us, having been thankful, to think, well, how is Jesus equipping me? Where is Jesus placing me so that I can be his conduit, so that I can be his disciples in this story of the feeding of the 4,000. The ones who take the, the miraculous meal that he gives us and distributes it, distributes it. The ones who receive the love of God in Christ and share it. You know, if we are forgiven people, if we are redeemed and restored people, if we are people who have been brought together into God's family by Christ, well then we are going to be a people who are shining his light, who are taking that forgiveness, who are offering redemption and restoration wherever we go. I don't think it's possible for us to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, and to say that we do not care. 
or to be a follower of Jesus and to say that we care, but we've got nothing that we can offer. We of all people who have received so much should be desiring to act. And knowing the sort of God that we have been rescued into a relationship with, should be convinced that we will have our needs supplied, our needs met in order that we can compassionately care for those around us. So I wanna challenge you this morning to look at your own life and to ask the question, am I close enough to others to see their need? Jesus was, albeit in, in this story, folks came to Jesus, but he was willing to spend the time. He didn't just take it as a wonderful opportunity to, to preach and to teach, but he looked at the people and he saw their situation. He took the time to understand what they were going through. Are we spending time with people? Are we putting ourselves in the sorts of places where we will learn about, where we will observe, where we will discover needs that need to be met? More than that, when we look at our lives, are we the sort of people who are willing to sacrifice even for the sake of those around us? It says in this story that Jesus took the loaves and the fish that were handed to him and he multiplied them. But when we look at the macro level, when we look at the whole story of Jesus and his compassion towards us, his caring and his acting, it wasn't the material wealth of others that he then offered to meet the need. Jesus came and he sacrificed him, his very self for us. Everything that he had, his divinity, his comfort in eternity, his place, his status in all of creation. He was willing to lay that aside in order to come and to be found as a human. He was willing to lay aside his perfect life to be um, offered up as a sacrifice, the innocent in the place of the guilty. The new life which was his in the power of the Spirit, he has likewise said he wants to share and give to anyone who will trust in and follow him. Truly he is one who we see is willing to give away everything that he has in order that others might find life. I wonder when we look at our lives, are we similarly motivated? It's terrifying when you put it like that, isn't it? Are we willing to be someone who will give away anything and everything for the sake of those around us, just as Jesus has for us? Well, let me encourage you with one final thought before I close then. That when we receive from Jesus, that is supposed to free us. Free us from the shackles of our selfishness. Free us from the shackles of our scarcity mindset that we live in, in this world. That there isn't enough that we have to look out for ourselves because nobody else will. When we've come into that relationship with Jesus, when we are known by God and know God as our heavenly father through the son, well then fear should be set aside and freedom should be our daily bread, should it not? So where is it in your life where you are making space and time to see and observe needs? And what is it that God has given you that you can give away in order to be not just caring about folks, but acting for their benefit? I wanna celebrate the food bank this morning and the work that they do. I wanna champion things like Renew, the shop in town and the, and the folks who give their time to make sure that that runs well. 
But I also want to put this challenge at your door. What's next? What else could you do? What else could we do to love people in the name of God? To pass on the compassion that we have received? To shine Christ's light into the darkness that surrounds us? It's exciting to think what could happen through God's people in our place. Amen.